I saved big money with the Progressive Home and Auto Bundle, so I finally bought that new set of golf clubs. Watch out, Fairway. Here I come. This is not a real testimonial. Sure, customers can save big with Progressive, but your other expenses won't just disappear. Are those clubs going to help you when the hot water heater dies? Also, it sounds like your money is better spent on golf lessons. Time to go shoot the course record. No, but maybe time for a reality check. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Good morning, guys. Good evening, North. I'm going to read this. Eagle Eyes on Tech. I am Eagle Falcon. Welcome to the last Eagle Eyes on Tech for the cursed year of 2020. Is there any other way to describe 2020 other than the cursed year? Anything that could have gone wrong went wrong. There's just no other way to really say it. But it is what it is. We survived it. And in the end, we can look back on it all we want, but it is best to look forward. Now, that being said, this episode is currently being recorded a couple days after the Christmas holiday, to which I also say I hope all of you out there have had or will have a very happy holiday. However, apparently a ton of people got a hold of new Apple devices and most of which are either iPhones or iPads of some kind that require iCloud activation and it has overloaded and downed the iCloud service. For those who are unaware, most Apple devices, unless they are Macs, pretty much require you to activate through the iCloud service. You can do it otherwise, but you miss out on a ton of very nice-to-have features, which is the main reason you went with Apple in the first place, instead of a real device like the rest of the world. But I digress. And apparently, the day after Christmas... That's the 25th, for those of you who don't know, for whatever reason. The iCloud just had a huge outage. It's unaware, it's uncertain at the, at the time of recording this, whether it was because of just sheer demand, or if there was some something actually wrong that caused the outage, or a combination of both. I'm willing to bet it's a combination of both. Because quite frankly, the iCloud service has in the past at least, shown to have been rock solid. Mostly because the iCloud service barely does anything. I'm fairly certain my three servers could do everything the iCloud service does. Because let's be honest, iCloud is not a cloud. No matter how much you want to lie to ourselves and say it is, it is not. Though the outage is kind of a big deal, since, you know, let's say, for example, you got a brand new iPhone 12. Well, I want to move all my contacts over. You can't. Because iCloud is down. Whoop. 
and that's probably the biggest cause of this. The iPhone 12 has been kind of a shockingly in-demand phone, and a lot of it a lot of it has to do with two things. One, the camera on the top-end iPhone Pro Max 69 Nice Edition, or whatever the heck it's called, does sport camera sensors unlike anything that has ever been seen in a smartphone so far, including some image stabilization features that no other phone has and is only seen in high-end DSLRs. That is highly sought after. And then to top it all off, the new coding they put on the screen is confirmed and tested to be more scratch-resistant than any other phone out there. There is some actual, shockingly, actual innovation done with the iPhone 12. Also, and by the way, it also is 5G, which is the biggest reason people are buying it, even though it is the least important reason to buy it. Oh, look, it's 5G! Oh, good, good for you. You can enjoy speeds of slightly better than LTE because 5G is an imperfect technology. Just saying, just reminding you that 5G for the most part is just LTE on roids, except for the millimeter band, which cannot penetrate a piece of paper. Slow. Crap. Oh, man. So that's what's going on with, with Apple. Not exactly the best. Not not exactly the best time for this to happen. Chat says five G is better than four G. Convince me otherwise. It is. Don't misunderstand. Five G is better than four G LTE. It's just nowhere close to the huge boost of 4G compared to 3G. That's not there. That same person, Chaz, now just say, saying that I didn't say G. It's just that 5 is greater than 4. Okay, wise guy here. Okay, wise guy. <laughs> You and your numbers. You you dingus, you. Speaking of dinguses, Project CD Red, which I'm going to mix up all the words that make up their development team until the end of time, has officially been sued over Cyberpunk 2077's buggy release. I am actually starting to wonder... If they are only being sued because Red CD Project has just been a target for so long. It really does make me wonder, because a lot of the conversation I had regarding Cyberpunk 2077, I get two kinds of people. Actually, no, I get more than that. 
there's first off a the average person who goes i don't know i'm having a good time with it yeah it's a little it's it's a little quirky but it, it's it's fine whatevs then there's the people who don't have a rig that can run the buggy mess and absolutely hate it or you know owners of an xbox one or ps uh which one what's the what's the last year number four i remember that i swear Excuse me. And then you have some people who are looking at this kind of from the outside that haven't had a chance to play Cyberpunk 2077 yet. And really just kind of have that rooting for the underdog sort of mentality that likes seeing a giant like Red CD project actually get what's coming to them after having so much success with the Witcher franchise. And that's just more of a... It's an underdog mentality. Let's be honest. These are the same kind of people who absolutely love to see indie developers come out with some new huge hit. And quite frankly, those same people who have that sort of mindset, 2020 has been a boon to them first you had the indie project called fall guys make a huge launch followed by the resurgence of an oldie game which was also very much an indie title among us pretty much launch at warp speed to the top of the charts after flirting with fall guys for a bit Like, let's be honest, as far as popular games go, Cyberpunk 2077 right now is one of the only AAA titles that's in the top. I'm not saying the only one of the only. There are way more indie titles right now. I use indie with massive air quotes around it, of course, that are in the top of the stack than there were in the past. But a lot of that also has to do with the fact that uh, most AAA titles that require an entire national population to work on, it's all been delayed thanks to the virus TM, which is what led to a lot of Cyberpunk 2077's early launch. And I say early with massive air quotes because it was delayed twice, but it's clear they needed to to delay it again, but were being pressured either from a rabid fan base or from its publishers and investors or both or all three for that fact. That is what Cyberpunk 2077 looks to me as someone who is looking at this from the outside. And I will give CD Projekt Red one big kudos. They are working hard to release patches. They could have easily easily 
just said, we're launched, celebrate, rake in our cash, happy trails, everyone, we're driving off into the sunset. But they are, I wouldn't say going as far as the No Man's Sky approach of spending multiple years to turn one of the worst launches ever into a very, very respectable comeback story. But Cyberpunk is, in fact, on the track to see a bit of redemption. That being said, I mean, I also look at this from a PC gamer's point of view, seeing bad console port after bad console port after bad console port over to the PC. And now I see the reverse. Cyberpunk 2077, which is clearly intended for the PC, and then it gets a bad port to the console. And I can't help but kind of giggle a little bit. Because us on the PC side, the moment we get a bad console port, oh, that's disappointing. Oh, well. You win some, you lose some. And I've said this before on previous episodes of Eagle Eyes on Tech. It is a sin to launch something on a console and have it be buggy. In the console world... It must be stable. It must be as foolproof as possible. Because, of course, you only have one set of hardware to code for. On the PC, you have to account for the Ampere architecture, the Big Navi architecture, the Pascal architecture. Granted, there's tons of SDKs to make that much easier than it used to be. But on the PS5 and the Xbox Series series, you have two chips to code for. And there is not much difference between the two. There really isn't. Same thing with the PS4 and the Xbox One XSD PP, whatever the heck it was. So, it is what it is. Time will tell. I will say this much, as far as the status of these lawsuits. Because we now have this one that's coming from investors, and then there's a class action lawsuit. The suits will fail. I can almost guarantee the lawsuits against Cyberpunk 2077 will fail because most of the the biggest point in these lawsuits is based on false advertising and fraud. Because of the fact that that Red Project CD is going around and clearly putting a physical effort into patching the game and making it playable, you are going to have the hardest time trying to prove that Red Project CD actually had intent 
on deceiving people. And that's going to be the key in these lawsuits. Intent. And considering the fact they're actively releasing patches to try and fix everything. Good luck proving intent. Speaking of intent, we have this wonderful virus TM bill that what that was past tense was being pushed through the U.S. government, and it's failed for a number of reasons. I'm not going to get into that here because that starts going into politics. And well, I'll be perfectly blunt. This bill is what's referred to in politics as a Christmas tree bill. Meaning that everyone and their mother goes ahead and throws every single pet project they want on the blasted bill until it becomes a giant fat tree instead of it being the original purpose that it was. It happens every single blasted year around this time right before the new fiscal year begins. And that's what this was. So then you get this wonderful little statement going out that causes literal panic. For a little bit of background, let's go back in time a little bit. Not too long ago on Twitch, there was a new law. Well, not new, but an old law that became very relevant to Twitch streaming careers called the DMCA. A copyright law that uh, basically has plagued YouTube forever, saying that you cannot rebroadcast pretty much any content you don't have the rights to. No record company in existence pretty much targeted Twitch at all. There have been some. There have been some, all right? And there has been some issues in regards to it. The biggest problem with the DMC on Twitch is that Twitch has a, at least from what we understand, from what I understand, and granted, anytime anyone tries to ask Twitch, Twitch dodges the question. But as far as we know, assuming Twitch isn't trying to dodge questions, mind you, that broadcasters on Twitch are covered by a blanket live streaming license, but not a replayable VOD license. This is why on a lot of stream recordings on Twitch, you find that audio has been muted. A bot comes along and just mutes chunks of the track. However, a bot never went and muted any of the clips. Those are short up to one minute segments that viewers make of a stream to highlight some sort of great moment. Like, say, for example, 
me just explaining how DMCA works just now. If someone could find a way to cut that into 60 seconds, they could do it and then then spread it around and use it as, hey, this is how DMCA works. It's intended for stuff like that, except much, much, much funnier and greater moments than that. That isn't nearly that boring. But I digress. Since the clips weren't muted, the RIAA, who, by the way, might be the jaggiest organization in the entire world, started going ahead and sending DMCA takedown notices. Which, by the way, for the person broadcasting, failure to comply with it can result in massive fines. I don't know the exact number off my off the top of my head because I go out of my way to not incur giant fines. Mostly because I have a dollar. And that's about all the money I have on me. But I digress. So you have that going on. And Twitch is still trying to figure out how to handle the situation. And then on top of that, on top of that, you had one senator say that, you know, I'm being told what we need to do is make violating the DMCA a prisonable offense. Then everyone very Fallout 4-esque quickly said that everyone disliked that. And as far as I'm aware... The measure went nowhere. So why did you bring it up? Ah, this gets back to the Christmas tree bill. The virus TM relief bill had on it a measure to make copyright streaming a felony. And naturally, this caused every single Twitch streamer who didn't bother to read what was going on, well, insert your own metaphor for panicking here. However, the language of the measure specifically was related to being anti-piracy. The only way it would have affected a Twitch streamer is if they decided to fire up, say, Netflix on their Twitch stream and just watch a movie with other people. That's the only way it would have affected them. Not that it matters, because this Christmas tree bill it was currently, just recently, vetoed. I'm not going to go into the reasons for that because like I said not getting into politics and the instant and let me tell you there is nothing more disgusting with the political system than stupid giant piled on bills that say they're for one thing and then you find out there's a kajillion other things tacked onto it for the sole point of pointing fingers at each other and telling them how much of an evil spawn of Satan everyone else is 
for voting down this relief bill, even though only 20% of the blasted bill is for relief in the first place because there's so much other extra crud tacked onto it. Politics, everyone! You wonder why I don't like talking about it. It's nonsense like that. And here we are talking about it anyway. How about instead we take a break here and when we come back... I have quite possibly one of the most fascinating, underline fascinating emails sent by GoDaddy that, uh, well, you want to talk about something that everyone disliked. A lot of people disliked this. I saved big money with the Progressive Home and Auto Bundle, so I finally bought that new set of golf clubs. Watch out, Fairway. Here I come. This is not a real testimonial. Sure, customers can save big with Progressive, but your other expenses won't just disappear. Are those clubs going to help you when the hot water heater dies? Also, it sounds like your money is better spent on golf lessons. Time to go shoot the course record. No, but maybe time for a reality check. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Modern leaders. It's not just their ability to reason that we value or their eloquence. It's more than their intelligence that we admire. What truly matters is their humanity. Just like modern leaders, the LS is human at heart. Every aspect of the Lexus LS is crafted around you, engineered to a higher standard, the human standard. The new 2021 Lexus LS. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right, so Google has uh, realized something. And that something is the fact that, uh, you know, maybe the whole thing about uh, downplaying our behavior towards research papers uh, is a bad look. For those who, those of you who have forgotten, and I'm not going to lie, it kind of did slip my mind, mostly because 2020, I, is it accurate to say this year has lasted nine years? This story feels like it's two years old now. The flow of time has been altered thanks to this year, but I digress. A scientist was fired in regards to their research paper regarding the ethics of robotics and AI. And uh, Google kind of realized that, uh, oh, hey, mm, that uh, that's not a good look for anyone involved. All right, hey, employees, uh, from here on out, let's try and strike a positive tone. Yeah! Positivity, yay! You know, Google, um, that's well, that's, that's good and all, but, uh, 
make sure you have it applied to yourselves as well. I'm, I'm just saying, it might be a good idea to have it applied to yourself. All right. Here is one story that... Uh, This is a very interesting one, and I'm willing to bet a lot of different people are going to have a different opinion about it. GoDaddy, before their holiday time off, uh, sent out a test email that said, you have a holiday bonus coming up, and click here to claim it. And those who clicked it, said that they failed the test and were assigned extra work. Apparently it was a phishing test email to make sure that workers do not fall for phishing scams. Because of course, if you go ahead and give in to that sort of thing, you can infect your computer with malware, which can affect other computers with malware and cause the entire system to go down. And everyone basically said they hate this. This was awful. This was mean-spirited. How dare GoDaddy go ahead and do this? But hear me out for a second. Let's say I was a black hat hacker. Let's say I was a malicious, mean-spirited jerk who would go out of their way. To make sure that I go ahead and get as many people as possible to click a link, infect their computer with malware or ransomware or whatever to make sure I get my information and eventually my payday. Wouldn't sending this out on the holiday week, promising a holiday bonus be exactly the kind of thing I would do? I'm just saying. You can say it's mean all you want, but there was a very good chance it could have been real. And in fact, you really, really should keep an eye on the whole thing. That being said, I do wish I could get a copy of the email and the fact that all current sources are not giving any details about what the send address was for the email, which is the first place you look, by the way, to see if it's a phishing email or anything about the details of the email other than it's had a link that went to a you failed the phishing test. No one is giving any details. I find it very hard to believe that these tech outlets don't have that info. I have a feeling they just wanted to roll with the narrative. Look at GoDaddy. Look how mean-spirited they are. Look how much of big jags they are. Do you stand for cybersecurity or not? (laughs) 
I'm sorry, Engadget. I'm sorry, Verge. But if you're going to go ahead and say on one hand, Zoom is terrible because they go ahead and had all these different vulnerabilities, but then look at GoDaddy and said they're mean for actually practicing cybersecurity tests. You can't have it both ways. GoDaddy has publicly apologized, most likely to get outlets like Engadget and The Verge to shut up. And pretty much we're never going to know what the email contained. I would say this. If it did say it was through the actual internal system, if it had no hint at all that it was a phishing email scam, then GoDaddy's in the wrong. But if there is a hint, if there is a hint that it was, in fact, a phishing test, Well, then I hate to break it to you. GoDaddy is 100% in the right. This is called actually testing your security. Moving on, though, speaking of internet security, Zoom having basically fixed up their themselves enough to... Get people to stop badgering them about it. Gah. Get off my back already. Are contemplating launching an email service and calendar app to compete with Google and Microsoft. All right. Here's what I'll say. Um, don't quit your day job. Just just don't quit your day job. I don't know how the heck you can possibly compete with Google and Microsoft and their email and calendar services app that is rock solid and also comes at the low, low cost of nothing. But uh, good luck. And also, if you're going to go the security route, um, maybe you should actually go ahead and start publishing some uh, evidence that you're actually taking security seriously instead of just letting it all just kind of mellow out and vanish with the flow of time. I'm just saying, Zoom. I realize that you have been working on your security, but I just don't see your services competing with Google and Microsoft unless you really, really, really start pushing security and privacy. And you're just not the outlet to do it right now. Now, I will say that hunting down stories this week has been super rough. No two ways about it. But um, the Echo Frames did, in fact, release at some point recently... And by saying the word Echo Frames, I have in fact triggered my Echo Dot, which is now about to say something the moment I stop talking, but you on the podcast will never know. Never mind, it finally got sick of me rambling about how it triggered, but I digress. Um, I was just really amused, though, with The Verge specifically talking about the Echo Frames. 
first off, these glasses that have the Amazon Echo Assistant built into it are $250. I repeat, $250 to do what this $30 Echo Dot can do. But that's not the best part. The best part to me is the quick pros that The Verge has given it. It's lightweight. It has a great mic quality on calls. And it gives very little nosebleed. Now, I'll admit, I don't wear glasses. I only wear sunglasses. But uh, I can't remember the last time I've had a pair of sunglasses, which admittedly are not prescription glasses at all. I can't remember the last time I had glasses cause nose bleeding. I, um... By the way, um, there is uh, no word in the article of what the heck they mean. It's no word if it meant noise bleeding. Oh, it says noise. I just can't read. (laughs) Okay, that's my fault. I misread it three times. <laughs> Very little noise bleeding, of course, because the speakers are bone conducting. Anyway, moving on from uh, my comical misreading of three bullet points. The bad points on it are just very simple. Low battery life, can't work on multiple devices, and it is limited on phones for $250. Look, um, Amazon, Amazon, if, if you're listening, I, I, I know I technically somewhat kind of sort of not really work for you as a Twitch streamer. So I know, and for some reason, the odds of you still noticing me are super low. But hear me out for a second. Watch. Make. Watch. Before you go off and try to figure out. Glasses. Watch. Just saying. Meanwhile, over in Elon Musk land, Elon has straight up said that he did, in fact, try to contact Apple to sell Apple Tesla 
three years ago. But Apple refused to meet with Tesla. And now Tesla is easily by far one of the most valuable car manufacturers in the world. Multiple other sources, however, someone in the chat is saying Elon says many things, also confirmed in the past that Tesla was in talks with Apple for purchasing. This actually is very interesting that these that this sort of talk is coming out now because at the same time you have stronger and stronger rumors that Apple is in fact working on a fully autonomous car. And in fact, they do now have testing permits from the DMV to test said autonomous cars. Interesting. Now, that being said, right now, Tesla has a different problem, and that's Well, let's be perfectly honest. 2021 and 2022 are going to be huge years for literally every other auto manufacturer starting to release capable and actually usable electric cars that are not smaller than a Prius. Previously, your other electric options were either obscure cars no one talked about or the Nissan Leaf and Chevy Bolt. I also think there was a Ford Focus all-electric one that Ford talked about once and then it never saw the light of day ever again other than the four people that bought it. And those were all very small vehicles. In fact, actually, fun fact. Here's a fun one for you, and I actually found this hilarious. If you actually go onto a car onto a used car dealership site, the one I've actually been looking at because I personally am looking for a vehicle, um, Carvana, and I actually look and just sort all vehicles by the lowest price possible, you know what pops up first? The Nissan Leaf. An all-electric vehicle. For $6,990. Nice. I find this endlessly amusing. I'm not going to lie. It amuses me greatly. That the cheapest vehicle on this used car website are all electric Nissans. Uh, now granted that's because it was a first rain it was a first generation electric vehicle it didn't have great range to begin with and someone in the chat also said that the battery decayed super fast and I do not doubt that at all but, no, but right now here's what you got coming out right now you have 
GM releasing uh, the all-electric Hummer pickup truck. You have Ford releasing a very kind of odd all-electric crossover named the Mustang Mach-E. You also have Ford being, I believe, and I I keep getting conflicting information on this, but I have a hard time proving the claim otherwise, the first all-electric cargo van. And you want to talk about something that's going to actually make a huge impact on the amount of emissions on the road? Logistics vehicles is the big one. And right now, electric is not ready to replace the long-haul truck, despite the fact that uh, Elon might have been on a little something too much when he thought his electric semi could replace the long haulers. Spoiler alert, it can't. Because A, there is no sleeper in it, and B... Three hundred miles on, on a charge. That's it. Do you have any idea how how long a long hauler can go on one fill on its twin tanks? Yeah, that's a problem. That's a problem and a half. But I digress. You have major innovations coming forward in the world of electric vehicles. And it does make you start to wonder, will Tesla be able to keep up with the others? Because the others are using universal charging standards. I've actually gone out and looked. In my area alone, there are three different areas you can fast charge a standard electric vehicle, but only one where you can fast charge a Tesla. So, yeah. Chat says no sleeper implies they want you to use motels and stuff. The thing is, is that traveling 200 miles and then saying you need to go ahead and sleep in a motel while you charge for an hour is simply unacceptable when you look at the 3,000 mile range a long hauler can get on its twin 120 gallon diesel tanks it's just not even close to being long haul ready Yeah. Now, funny enough, I think the person who said that was just kind of memeing along. There actually are some smaller trucking companies that say, hey, you know what? We're going to include as part, part of your deal. You don't have to worry about sleeping in that six foot cube in the back of your truck. We're going to go ahead and plan your route so you can sleep in a nice, comfortable motel bed. And that can be appealing to some. It is a thing that's out there. It's just 
very uncommon. That per- that same person said half memeing, half serious. Understandable, understandable. The trucking world's a very interesting one, and very few know all the ins and outs without being in it or threaten themselves to dive into it like I have. Let's shift gears and bash an apple instead. How about that? The M1-based Max, I would actually argue, have been way, way more successful than at least I expected. I expected these Macs to fall flat on their face, especially based on the fact their advertising came were, were very, very sketch at best. And seemed like they were just lying to themselves at worst. Well, one of the problems is that these M1 Max, despite the fact that they are actually really good. Like all seriousness, their tests have shown to be spot on. The unfortunate thing, though, is that they do not support ultra-wide Monitors, which are becoming more common, but I would not say widespread at all. But Apple promises that support is coming soon. So we'll see what that means. Here's my question, Apple. When is eGPU support coming? Seriously, when is it coming? Or is this just going to be, here's your chip, here's your performance, no upgrade path. When this is done, you're going to throw it out. Come on, tell me, Apple, Mr. Most Environmental Friendly Company on the planet. Is there going to be an upgrade path? On your M1 Max in the future. I know this gen, it is what it is, and it is, I mean, you didn't even change the chassis. There's no radical innovation on these whatsoever other than, oh, hey, look, they run on ARM. Although I will say, one thing that was a sleeper discovery on the new M1 Max. I thought, based on the paper specs alone and based on the performance numbers I've been seeing, there was going to be basically no difference between the MacBook Pro and the MacBook Air, other than the MacBook Pro can, in fact, be, is going to be better because it has a fan and could get less bursty performance because it won't heat soak itself that much faster. Linus Tech Tips went ahead and did an extensive test not too long ago. I actually think at the tr- at the point of recording this, it was either yesterday or the day before he did this test. The MacBook Air gets close to 12 hours of battery life, which is really good, by the way. 12 hours is about what I get on my Lenovo tablets. The MacBook Pro gets 20 hours. 
under a sustained load. That is stunning. That is actually, I'm not even kidding. That is legitimately impressive. And that actually is something I would expect the benefit of an ARM processor. Otherwise, until now, it's just been like, oh, yeah, it's it's better than the terrible things Apple did to Intel before. I still stand by my claim that Apple intentionally developed terrible cooling solutions so that their own chips look much better by comparison. I still stand by that claim. But regardless, the M1s appear to be really good right now. So we're going to have to see down the road. Can AMD keep up with Apple Silicon? And can Intel finally get its get out of first gear and actually get the ball rolling? Holy cow. And maybe Apple can provide some of the niceties that all their customers now lost because they switched to ARM. Someone in the chat I did notice say that, oh, Apple doesn't make external GPUs, so why have support for it? The thing is, is that it has been something that Apple does sell in their stores. It's not Apple in-house, but they do sell external GPUs. It has been a feature that has been well-known for Macs. And now it's gone. I still can't wait to see what the ARM-powered Mac Pro looks like. We're going to take a break here. When we come back, I have only a handful more stories, so we're actually at the first half of our prediction show that we normally do every year done now and take a look back at my predictions for what 2020 we're going to hold. We saved big money with our progressive home and auto bundle and used the cash to take a family vacation. To Hawaii. Who's up for a luau? Yay! This is not a real testimonial. Sure, customers can save big money with Progressive, but not enough to go to Hawaii. They'll probably use it for things like the mortgage and groceries, or even a travel magazine, so at least they can see pictures of Hawaii. Aloha! (laughs) Yes, say hello to those beautiful Hawaiian beaches in that magazine. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. The thing about comparing rates at Progressive.com is that by now you've heard a lot of ads about comparing rates at Progressive.com. We probably don't even need the words comparing rates anymore to remind you that seasoning steaks at Progressive.com is an easy way to save on car insurance. Or that swimming in trousers helps you find the lowest rate. And that's the thing about foraging for truffles. You've heard a lot of ads about standing tiptoe on a cinder block. Compare rates and sing softly to a wounded field mouse and save at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right, so 
our 2020 predictions. I am actually, I have not taken a look at this since the start of last year or this year. How many years has it been? I actually am kind of surprised on how many of these were correct. Because if you asked me how many of my predictions for 2020 have I gotten right, I would have said zero. Because nobody could have predicted the the absolute nonsense we had to endure this year. No one predicted it. Not a soul. There's just no other way to say it. So we're going to stop, start at the top. The iPhone 11S is going to be a minor spec bump. It was, in fact, not. Not only was there no iPhone 11S, the iPhone 12 actually was a moderate redesign. And although it was a minor spec bump, it did also feature, as I mentioned before, a much more scratch-resistant screen, as well as an upgraded camera. It actually did feature quite a bit of new stuff. So I'm going to say no. Got nothing right there. The MacBook Air and MacBook Pro will both be redesigned to feature the new keyboard. This is referring to the Magic Keyboard as opposed to the Butterfly Switch Keyboard. Which did happen. All the Mac keyboards are now are now Magic keyboards, so that actually is correct. It doesn't help though that uh, they also got a minor spec bump down the road, as Apple did in fact switch to Apple Silicon from Intel. I did not actually expect Apple to do that this year. But they did. So I will still count that as a yes, because they in fact did. There will be a HomePod Mini that costs $100. In fact, I am willing to bet if I go to Apple.com right now and go to the music section, I believe it actually is in fact called the HomePod Mini. And it is, in fact, exactly $99 on the dot. Nailed it. On the nose with that one. Two for three. There will be no major redesign on Alienware products. In fact, I believe that is 100% correct. And in fact, if anything, we actually lost Alienware products. Yep. We still have the same old uh, Aurora desktop look that we had that was introduced at the end of last year. The Area 51 is gone, straight up gone. And the laptops have pretty much stuck with the Area 51 design that was introduced at the end of last year. So, yes. 
three for four. And this is where my and this is where my incorrect predictions start rearing their heads. Because the next one is in regards to the precision units, the precision desktops. If I'm if I remember correctly, yep, they were the only ones that did not see a bump, an upgrade, or anything at all. And I predicted there was going to be a huge redesign, and there were going to be thread ripper options for the precision line. And in fact, no. Their workstations will not have dual CPU options. Also, no. No changes happened there at all. AMD Z works or HP Z workstations were going to have an AMD option. I am 99% certain that did not happen. In fact, I've actually got to now go and look. But I am fairly certain the Z series did not get any change at all. Although, holy cow, we've got a Z1, Z2 Mini, Z2 Form Factor, Z2 Tower, Z4, Z6, Z8. Let's take a look at the Z8. Is there a Threadripper option for the Z8? Ooh, I actually do like that design they've got going on there. Three GPUs in, in there, dual CPUs. However, we cap out at 56 cores. No AMD option. Nope. I really did think this, this is going to be the year that uh that AMD was going to start showing up more and more workstation will have no d- dual cpu options nope and systems start shifting towards AMD also nope So that makes us w- what now? Um, three for six. Nailed it. I still do love the look of the Z8s. It's such a good looking tower. Damn shame it costs as much as my house and my kidney combined. I don't have a house, but it definitely does cost as much as my kidneys. Lenovo! was going to see a uh, redesign of their workstations. I want to say thanks to the virus TM that no one redesigned anything unless they were Apple, in which case they shoved ARM into everything. Like, I thought the, the old workstations with frickin' Threadripper coming out, people were going to go ahead and just start revamping everything to support 64 cores on one CPU. It just seemed like a no-brainer. Alas, the world refused to change. 
It, uh, however, I will say the one workstation did get a redesign. This P340 is a new design. The rest are same old, same old. Exactly the same. I don't think that is enough to... I'm going to give myself half points. Was there going to be a redesign? No. but they, And they will feature AMD CPUs. A couple of these do feature, you can actually see right here, the P620 powered by AMD Ryzen Threadripper Pro. It is there. So we'll count that as half points. Workstation will have no CPU, dual CPU units. That didn't happen. Samsung will feature a fold tool, fold two launch that will be similar to an old school flip phone. Um, yeah, about that. So I'm not, when did the Samsung Z flip come out? Was that this year? That was, in fact, this year. So there was a phone that did launch as an old school flip phone this year. I know it feels like 10 years ago that it launched out, but that was this year. But it wasn't the Fold 2. So, half points there, because the Fold 2 did, in fact, keep its old design. The Fold 2 will still be fragile, yes. <laughs> Just not even questionable. There will be a 64-core Threadripper. Yes, there was, in fact, a 64-core Threadripper. Intel will not reach 10 nanometers. There. <laughs> I actually don't know how to rate this one. Because, technically, Intel has reached 10 nanometers. But they cannot mass fabricate on 10 nanometers. I'm going to leave this to chat. Do you, would you say Intel has reached 10 nanometers or not? Because technically, technically, they have. Some of their latest laptop CPUs are on 10 nanometers. But the majority of their lineup is not on 10 nanometers. So I will leave that up to you. I am torn on it. And I am not going to feel bad either way, whether I do or do not make it. Intel will not release a CPU that competes with Ryzen. The real answer to Ryzen will release in 2021. I mean, yes. 
Chat wants to know, can I buy it? Is there availability? Um, Technically, yes. You just can't buy the CPU by itself. It's only available in laptops, which are available currently on this technology. It's just that there are very few of them. The Intel GPU... The Intel GPU will launch as a disappointment card that will work with the built-in GPU on Intel systems. Uh, technically, the Intel GPU did launch, but it's only an integrated system. There is no integrated... There, There is no dedicated card. yet so this one I'm going to say no so that makes us assuming that we're just going to say Intel has not reached 10 nanometers or that Intel has in fact reached 10 nanometers because they technically have but they haven't mass produced it yet that puts us at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven yeses out of. Uh, let me go ahead and just mark that down. Seven yeses out of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. Possible. Answers, which gives us a total percentage accuracy of 41%. Or 47% if you believe that I was correct in regards to Intel. I'm going to put down 41. Because the more and more I think about the more and more I'd say, yeah... Intel has, in fact, gotten there. Now, I think at this point, we still we have plenty of time in this episode. Why don't we just go ahead and actually do the predictions right away? Here is one I think a lot of people are gonna be are gonna hate me for saying because I'm gonna be proven right on this. I'm not gonna bother with the names because I have no idea what the heck Apple is doing now with their names, but I'm just gonna say next iPhone will feature no charging port. Wireless charging only. Next iPhone will have Touch ID built into small power button next iPhone Pro however I think that will have USB type C I think that's going to be the Uh, chat has actually gone back and done a little bit of research while I was 
while I was talking. Uh, the base 10 meter production has actually started back in 2018. So for Intel, nothing much has changed. All right. That is true. They have had 10 nanometer TM for a couple years now, but they just haven't had very good yields, like, at all. That is very true. Thank you, chat, for that. So, yeah, that that's my prediction as far as the iPhone 13 or whatever the heck they're going to call it is going to be going. We're going to be seeing a push towards wireless charging for those phones. That's to be the primary way to charge them. And only the pro phones will have the ability to wired charge. But I think they're going to do it with USB-C. And that's going to be the difference between the pro and the regular going forward. The pleb phone, the common, the mass-produced phone is going to be just sleek looks, aluminum, colors, seamless with no ports on it whatsoever. And you just charge it with MagSafe. That's going to be the push. But the pro phones, those will have Type-C, those will have the pro capabilities and the flexibility. That's been the big push on the iPad Pros, but I fully admit I could very well be wrong in that. I mean, you already saw I had less than a 50% chance of getting it right before. And holy cow, has uh, granted, this last year was just a mess. I'm actually going to give a car prediction, though. Because this year, we actually did see something interesting out of Ford. Ford gave us two things. One, they gave us the promise of an all-electric van. And that's going to be big. The all-electric van is going to be big. The, the, the electric transit, or the transit E... Is going to be a big push for them. The other thing they released and has been getting kind of mixed attention is their latest pickup truck. Ford released, and let me bring it up here right now. Ford released a new version of the F-150, which, you know, Insert your own opinion about the F-150 here to being all oh, big, big, bulky pickup truck. It did something very unique. It gave a hybrid engine. And this hybrid engine does a couple of things. One, it makes it much more fuel efficient, obviously. And two... By going with a hybrid, it basically has a built-in generator on it. Because, of course, you have an electric motor and the alternator in it, the part that provides power from the engine, has to give a ton of power to that motor 
they then hooked up the ability to just use that alternator. You literally can draw 7,000 watts of power, including a 220 volt outlet on this thing. I actually have a picture right here on the stream right now that no one can see if you're on the audio-only version of a guy having four standard outlets plugged in and then a then a then a dryer outlet a freaking dryer outlet in the bed of this truck that is actually going to be a big big change in the world of pickup trucks and here is the easiest prediction in the world Ford's going to release a Super Duty version of this that's going to cover the F-250, 350, 450, and 550. And I'm willing to bet that sucker's going to put out more than 10,000 watts with a hybrid diesel. It's literally the easiest prediction in the world. And that's actually going to be a kind of a very... Interesting option, because I want you to think about something for a minute, and I've talked about this on Eagle Eyes on Tech before. Imagine having, imagine having a tow truck being able to go out there, find an electric vehicle that's, that has no power and needs a tow, and instead of towing it, just plugging it in. Because that same tow truck built on an F-350 or an F-450 can just charge it. Wow, that's that door slammed downstairs was so big, we heard it all the way up here. I saw it actually spike. Impressive. So that's going to be my only car prediction. I have no idea what the rest of the vehicle world is going to do, other than the fact we're going to be seeing way more electric vehicles. But without putting in something definite, I don't want to just put in a generic one going, there's going to be more electric vehicles. No kidding. You're a genius. All right. As far as Dell goes, I'm just going to say major redesigns are coming for Alienware with RTX 3000 and AMD systems. Again, super easy prediction to make. The NVIDIA GPUs are such a huge, underlying, huge uplift that pretty much every single major gaming brand out there is going to go ahead and redesign everything to accommodate the new AMD 5000 CPUs, assuming AMD can keep up with demand. That's a big element in all this. 
And those new CPUs and GPUs are going to be big in all this. All right, let's let's go. Let's do Samsung next. I don't know if I'm going to bother with uh, Lenovo and HP. The workstation market is going to. Hmm. Uh, I don't know what the heck's going to happen with the workstation market because I don't know if AMD is ever going to be able to fabricate their enough of their CPUs to appease HP, Lenovo, and whatnot. I clearly got burned with that. All right, first thing to go with, Samsung is just going to muddy, is going to muddy the waters between all their cell phone brands even more. I'll be covering why I believe this shortly after this. It's in our last three stories. But they've been kind of, they've been doing this weird thing where the Note brand, which was previously like their no compromise, everything you'd ever want flagship phone with a screen so big, it's the size of your face. And just this year, they have thrown the Note under the bus. Like no one should ever buy a Note 20 ever, period, end of story. It is a dumb, dumb phone to buy. A plastic phone for $1,000 that's at 60 FPS with a camera array that is, granted, capable, but for $1,000, you expect better. And then on top of that... You have stories that are popping up that just kind of make you go, but why? Why would you do this? And it's a shame. It really is a shame. The road that Samsung's been going down, it makes me want to switch back to Apple. It really does. And I and before anyone just goes, oh, just switch over to this phone, switch over to that phone. The thing is, is that no one else has like a lot of the features that I like in a phone. As someone who uses their phone not only for business, but also to vlog and do content creation with as a part-time Twitch streamer. I have a hard time looking back at some of the more common mainstream phones and going, yeah, that's good enough for me. It's a very hard sell to make. It really is. And especially when you look at Samsung and like, like for example, right now, the top of the line phone Samsung has is the Galaxy Note 20 Ultra. And that phone is what you would expect out of the note line. The problem is that it's a phone that's $1,300. $1,300. You want to make fun of Apple for expensive phones. Their most expensive mo- phone is $200 cheaper. 
and has a more scratch-resistant screen and a much, much better camera. Granted, their camera system doesn't have the extreme periscope zoom camera that the Note has. But that's it. That's all it's missing. I'm telling you, Samsung is just going more Apple than Apple, and I am not liking the look of it at all. And, like, honestly, the only thing that's really keeping me in the Samsung ecosystem right now is the fact that I have a Samsung watch, and I really like my Samsung watch, even though it does have a lot of quirks in it. And part of me doesn't want to go out and spend $1,100 on a top-tier Apple phone and then be like, oh, well, I guess my watch is literally just a watch now. And then I have to go and get an Apple watch, which then, first off, I would never hear the end of it. The instant I go out and get an Apple watch, chat will never, underline, never let me live it down. I also don't really like the look of the Apple Watch. I'm not going to lie. I don't like boxy watches. Uh, I'm telling you, Samsung has just been a giant letdown for me. All right, let me get to general predictions because, again, because of how weird 2020 has been, it is difficult to come up with good predictions for what's going to happen. But as far as general tech predictions, Intel will release a new architecture. And when I say that, I mean a non-lake CPU. For those who are unaware, pretty much every single every single CPU that Intel has made has been some kind of lake. Because they have all been derivatives of the Skylake architecture. They have been tweaking the Skylake architecture for what, six years now? And that was the first 14 nan. Actually, no, I want to say Skylake was originally like 22 nanometers. And then Ice Lake was 14 nanometers. But then they haven't come up with a new architecture since. Intel's probably going to burn me on this one. I can already tell. They're going to burn me on it. But I'm just going to say Intel's going to launch a new architecture this year. I think it will be either 10 or 7 nanometers. They're going to surprise us. Because there is no way, there is no way for three years straight Intel has not cooked up something. And actually, while we're at, you know what, just to cover my bases, Intel will fire a large chunk of their 
senior staff. One of the two has to happen this year. Possibly, but there's a decent chance both will happen. Either A, a new architecture must come out that actually competes or surpasses Ryzen. Or a large chunk of their senior staff is terminated. If Intel does neither of those two things, hopefully both, Intel is sunk. Just straight up. And I just don't think Intel's going to... There's no way Intel can look at this and say, this is fine. They cannot look at themselves and say, and and just pull the dog in the flaming building and stare at their coffee and go, this is fine. I am perfectly okay with this. I am perfectly okay with just being an SSD and Optane manufacturer. Because that's all Intel's going to be soon. They're just going to be an enterprise storage solution. It's okay. They have enterprise servers. And they're losing it. They're losing it to Epic. And I don't mean Epic Games. Speaking of which. No decision will be reached in Apple v. Epic Games. Parentheses. Trials will continue past New Year. Or continue into 2022. I just don't see that feud ending. I just don't. I, 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 I don't I, I don't see how those two settle their quarrels unless they just cave in. Epic just wants way too much. They want to be able to set up their own app store inside the Apple ecosystem and Apple loves their walled garden way too much. That case is going to go into I'm going to say late 2022. But at least for the purposes of next year's prediction, I'll say no, it, the cases will still be going on through the end of the year. That might be my second safest solution in all of this. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm debating whether I want to make a Twitch prediction or not. I will. Twitch will have a DMCA claim system in place by by the end of the year. So right now, as far as the Twitch DMCA situation, Twitch doesn't really have a good solution in play 
but they're working on one. I think they will have a system very similar to what YouTube has because it's it's literally the easiest TM way out of it for Twitch. And if there's one thing Twitch has shown, they are much, much, much more eager to just take the easy way out rather than a future-proofing way out of this. Someone in chat says that Twitch will continue to hemorrhage viewers to YouTube as they have the last 1.5 years and lose overall viewership. I actually do want to... Unfortunately, we don't have the latest numbers, but I want to say... The last, let me actually t- quickly take a look. Let me grab my, t- my, my random tab over here. Oh, I do not have the galaxy story. I thought I did. Whoops. All right. Well, since I don't have the story, let me just quickly cover it right now. The reason why I made the prediction that the Samsung lines are going to get more and more blurry. Uh, one story I came across and apparently didn't have the forethought to include it in my lineup is that um, the Samsung Galaxy S21 will supposedly have stylus support. You know, the one signature feature the Note has had. Good job. Good, good, Good job. You did it. You took away the one unique thing you had going for you. I actually want to quickly t- take a look at the Streamlabs uh, Q3 2020 report. We don't have the Q4 one. We're not going to get that until the end of uh, until the end of uh, of uh, January 2021. But for the most part, it's been a... I actually don't remember if we actually covered this or not. But uh, Twitch has seen growth pretty much consistently. This last quarter, from Q2 to Q3, there was a bit of a dip in viewership. Streams, number of streams actually went up. YouTube, however, did go up. YouTube only started showing any kind of evidence of stealing viewers from Twitch this last quarter. But otherwise, for the most part, Twitch has been going up until this last quarter. That being said, Q4 of 2020 will be extremely interesting. Will this trend continue? Will it not? That being said, Twitch, I do agree with with this same person in the chat. The Twitch leadership is extremely dumb. There's just no other way to say it. Um, Much like how Intel needs to rethink its structure twitch needs to rethink who's at the helm because who's at the helm right now uh is an idiot 
There's just no other way to say it. But I think they are a bit delusional because, I mean, you look at the numbers and just over one year they can go, hey, our total watch hours doubled. Doubled from 2.7 mil to 5.1. And he's just taking that home and just going, yes, I am brilliant because I doubled our viewership. Oh, did I say 2.7 million to 5.1 million? I meant billion with a B. My bad. But it's that kind of same thing that is going to lead to the demise of Twitch. They need, need, underline, need to get their head out of their butt. Because let's be perfectly honest. There hasn't been any real innovation out of Twitch in a while. And I don't bash on Twitch because I'm more of a fan of what's another freaking streaming company that's not evil. I can't think of one. Because unfortunately our big three is Twitch, which is currently run by the dumb YouTube, which is run by Google that goes ahead and fires their employees for dare bringing up ethics. And then, um, well, Facebook, which unfortunately contrary to popular belief is still Facebook. But that being said, I mean, Twitch is still a large, underlying, large chunk of the three-piece pie. There's no doubt about it. But hey, I'm, I mean, honestly, if you were a new guy starting off, I would give YouTube a shot. I really would. Because the amount of viewers to channels streaming on YouTube is drastically more in your favor than starting on Twitch. That That is something to consider. I am, and, and in my pauses, I can hear the theme of Star Trek The Next Generation playing, which tells me that the TV in the bedroom was never turned off. I feel like a genius. We're going to take a break here. When we come back, the last the last funny stories or interesting stories, I should say, of 2020. You went online to switch your car insurance to Progressive so you could save money. But then you saw a friend request from an old summer camp buddy. And now here you are, clicking through photos of his kickball team from 2011. Hmm, looks like they won the championship that year. Then he moved to Tulsa. Oh, a new tattoo. Yes, they said it was easy to save hundreds on car insurance with Progressive, but they forgot about the rest of the Internet. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates National Average Savings by New Customer Surveyed Who Saved in 2019. Modern leaders, it's not just their ability to reason that we value. 
or their eloquence. It's more than their intelligence that we admire. What truly matters is their humanity. Just like modern leaders, the LS is human at heart. Every aspect of the Lexus LS is crafted around you, engineered to a higher standard, the human standard. The new 2021 Lexus LS. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Over the past year, I've helped thousands turn their lives around. And today, I'm going to tell you the one simple trick that will change everything. All you have to do is... And now a message from our sponsor. With Progressive, you can bundle your boat, RV, or other outdoor vehicle for great protection and even more savings. Progressive. And that's it. You'll have that for the rest of your lives. I'm so excited for you. Progressive. There's never a bad time for great protection. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. Prophecy from Secret of Mana. One of easily the more popular bumper musics of 2020. The rotation we came up with this year was fantastic. Even some late additions like Rise Up from the Fat Rat, which we played earlier. And then, of course, probably one of the long-standing favorites the main dungeon theme from Legacy of the Wizard that we played in the first section. But I assure you, the bumper section we have planned for 2021, it's going to be fantastic. Trust me on this. So while Samsung is unsure what they want to do in life, they do have a plan, though, to create Galaxy Buds Pro which are going to be $200 earbuds that will feature two-way speakers, microphone, improved noise cancellation, which, by the way, that's not saying much. The active noise cancellation on the Galaxy Buds Live, I can confirm this because I have a pair I bought at 50% off. The noise cancellation is that it turns off the audio pass-through. That's it. There is no... Real There is no real actual noise cancellation on it. I'm sorry for the pause. Someone asked a question in the chat and uh they asked uh what happened with the fat rat DMCA stuff we had on Twitch? I haven't heard back. I honestly haven't heard back. Um I'm not sure if it's a rogue robot. I don't know if it's if what's going on, I am still waiting to hear if it actually is Arcadia, which is the um, the record company of the Fat Rat that placed the claim, or if it was someone posing as Arcadia. I don't know as of this time. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that it's just, it doesn't really impact me on Twitch because it's just muted. That's all it is. Just my audio is muted. It doesn't even take a cut of my revenue. So it's just shrug. But in any case, um, these 
Buds Pro clearly are targeted at the Apple EarPods Pro or AirPods. I'm sorry. I'll be perfectly honest. For all the ripping I've done on Samsung and how much I dislike the route they're going down, I do like their earbuds. I do love how discreet they are. One thing I really do love about the direction that your that uh wireless earbuds have gone is that unless you're copying Apple, you don't even notice they're there. And it's that kind of discreetness I absolutely love about them, especially with audio pass-through. So you can have, say, a radio station play or some nice jams or something of that regard discreetly listen while still working on the job and thanks to audio pass-through still remaining safe. I love that about the Galaxy Bud's design. No stupid stalks sticking out. I do wish, however, that uh, someone did a design very similar to the Motorola Sliver, which, granted, is more like a hearing aid in the fact that there's a bud that goes in the ear and then the battery and all the circuitry hides behind the lobe of the ear. It makes it a lot more secure. It makes it a lot more bulky. But it's much harder to lose. And in fact, you can have a much better battery on board. I wish that kind of design would happen, but no one's going to do it. In news nobody asked for, but tough luck you're getting it anyway. A Linux kernel can now be ported over to the Nintendo 64. So now you can go ahead and install Linux on your Nintendo 64. <gasps> Why? I I just I I do not understand. Uh It's still interesting news. I just, I, I, I do not understand why, why would you do this? And that brings us to the last burb, the last story of the day and the weirdest story of the week, which also happens to be the return of a previous last burb, because now we have details of the mysterious console that no one asked for. The KF console is back. This is the gaming console that was announced a few months ago by KFC that definitely looks like a meme. And it still could be a meme. But now it's a feasible meme. Apparently, KFC is teaming up with Cooler Master and Intel along with Asus to make this thing real. It is a bucket of chicken sized computer 
that is going to be marketed as a console, maybe because it's going to run some sort of console operating system, we don't know. But basically, all it's going to be is the Ghost Canyon Nook with what I believe to be an RTX 3070 by Asus in this thing. Although, granted, I don't think it's going to be the same GPU because the shroud looks exactly like one of the RTX 3060s that in, that Asus sells, but the card they have pictured has a DVI put output on it. And, um... Y- yeah, um... NVIDIA cards haven't had a DVI output since... 2016? Question mark? But this thing will also apparently have a one terabyte... NVMe SSD on there which for some reason also has a picture of a hard drive behind it but I digress but it will be VR ready and have ray tracing and on top of that the amazing claim of 240 frames per second with up to 420 hertz output which is definitely not redundant. And of course, 4K gaming! On apparently all games. All games! At 240 FPS. Somehow, this KFC console running a mobile Intel 9th generation chip. Not even 11th gen. Currently, Intel has 11th gen CPUs out there. This is running a two-generation-old chip, which granted has the exact same performance because Intel hasn't invaded in seven years, but I digress. This thing is going to be able to play all games. All games. Not. It doesn't matter. No, no. Chat says what sort of games. No, no, no. It doesn't say. It says all games. All games! Specifically, it says enjoy smooth and fluid high rate I'm sorry, high frame rate gameplay at up to 240 FPS for all games. I don't know how they managed to get 240 frames per second on all games. I'd assume by running a low polygon mode to, uh, so that Cyberpunk 2077 can only have four polygons at the, on the screen at the same time. Uh... But I mean, in fairness, they are listing real hardware now. It's very easy to get a uh, an Intel Nook with a ninth gen compute element in there, along with what appears to be an RTX 3070 in there. There's no price on there, but let's be honest, it's going to be $2,000. And there's only going to be 50 of these made, and it's going to be a collector's item. Let's be perfectly honest. But... Of course, what about the built-in chicken warmer? It's there. The whole front of it will have a built-in drawer that will keep your fried chicken warm. You want to know how it's going to keep your fried chicken warm? Because the exhaust for the case is at the top. 
it's just going to draw the, the CPU and GPU heat out of the bottom of the case to the top. We don't know, as of yet, how much it's going to cost, when it's available, and keep in mind, I think they wanted to start selling this sooner, but unfortunately, the Ghost Canyon Nooks were delayed heavily. Razor didn't release theirs until just a couple of months ago, and theirs was the most bone basic out there, although it did give... Razor the the thing of saying we are selling our own gaming desktop and it's just like oh it's a nook whatever because the nook really isn't a high performance computer it really isn't it's a unique way of selling a modular very compact desktop And that's all it is. A super compact desktop. Because it's just... One graphic card has everything on the computer, and another graphic card has the graphic card. And that's it. The end. Otherwise, it's mobile RAM, mobile processor, mobile SSD. That's it. If it does end up being real, which honestly it looks like it's going to be real, they're building up too much hype at this point for it to not be real. They would never hear the end of it. But it's going to be sold, I almost guarantee you, as a collector's item. Folks, that's going to do it for the final episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech for the year 2020 thank you so much for listening and i do encourage you check out the daily podcast the early burb briefing which has exploded in popularity lately i'm not gonna lie i am very grateful for what's been going on with the early burb briefing please keep it up check it out wherever you found this podcast spreaker itunes iHeartRadio. it's around there everywhere and check out my twitch page twitch.tv slash eagle falcon take care and i hope you have a great day i'll hear from you again in 2020 or on one of the other places you can find me So a computer that can go ahead and warm some chicken is is well good and all, but I got to ask, I got to ask, can we do better with water cooling? I think we can. If we just go ahead and just develop a twin chamber desktop and just load up the GPU, the CPU, everything on water blocks, 
and just have all that heat be expelled into a secondary chamber with all that heat being expelled, I think we can pump more heat in there and maybe, just maybe, going ahead and, well, getting some interesting stuff done that way. Maybe if you run a Threadripper, you can even actually cook a cookie. That would be interesting. Today, I'm taking it to the streets to give people the good news. Oh, excuse me. Hello. I'm Flo from Progressive. And did you know... No, I'm just waiting for the bus. So then you have time to hear about how with HomeQuote Explorer, you can check if you're paying too much for home insurance. Yeah, if I was interested in talking to you, which I'm not. Okay, I'll do the talking and you just check if you can be saving, which is going to be pretty hard to do if you... Put on your headphones. Okay. See if you're paying too much for home insurance with HomeQuote Explorer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Modern leaders. It's not just their ability to reason that we value or their eloquence. It's more than their intelligence that we admire. What truly matters is their humanity. Just like modern leaders, the LS is human at heart. Every aspect of the Lexus LS is crafted around you. Engineered to a higher standard. The human standard. The new 2021 Lexus LS. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.